Welcome back to the In the Dugout Podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel, Garrett Jacobsmeyer. You know who's not here? Ryan Brazier, because he is finally released from the Boston Red Sox forever. What a great day. What a great day. How are we doing? Fantastic. Yeah. Couldn't be better. Could not be better. Ryan Brazier, public enemy number one in Red Sox Nation, DFA'd, and not, as he, not only is he just DFA'd, because that's happened before, this time the cockroach is finally stomped on, flushed down the toilet, he's gone, released, uh, his time in Boston's over. I got, I don't, it's, I'm excited, most people are excited, if you're a normal Red Sox fan, you're probably excited, I got some people DMing, DMing me the other day, like, he's not a clown, like, Give him credit for what he did in 2018. That was five years ago, and that was one season. Look at what he's done since 2018. Look at what he did this season. Awful. Awful. You can't know. No. Even yeah, the Red Sox bad. couldn't justify. Even Haim Bloom and Alex Cora, who have held on to this guy for so long, couldn't pull any stat out from the air, any advanced analytic to be like, yeah, this guy's still worth being on this team. They couldn't even do it. Give up. He's gone. He's not good. It's over, um, and I'm happy about it. It was really nice to see him go out and throw, what was it, like 40 pitches against the Mariners? Yeah, they just kept him out there like, dude, get, soak in your last moments in the big leagues because this is it, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great because this is currently, we're looking at a team without Ryan Brazier and without Caleb Ort, which is a beautiful thing. But yet, Corey Kluber is is still here. I mean, yeah. you always, you're always going to have a guy that's – you're always going to have the trash guy. You're always going to yeah. have the Pablo Sandoval award guy. Um, and Shout out – was it Alex who predicted Kluber to be the Pablo Sandoval award? Did he? Was it oh. Garrett? I, I don't think it was me. I feel like it came up. I don't know. Maybe it didn't. Maybe I'm just making it up. Maybe it was me. I don't remember. I don't remember what we said. But um, <laughs> that's Corey Kluber is that's bad. That's convenient, Jason. <laughs> we'll get to that. I'll take credit for it if no one else wants it. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since we've last done a podcast. Apologies for that. Finals, you know how it is. Um, but it, it's summertime now, and we're done. And it's just time to talk some socks, watch some socks. Socks are playing well again. We kind of <laughs> conveniently missed a, a little losing skid, uh, four game losing skid. So now we can kind of just settle back into watching some some good baseball. So we missed the Philly series, the Braves series, the Cardinals series, the Mariners series, and the Padres series. Kind of consistent theme. We took two out of three from the Phillies in Philly, split the series with the very good Braves. It was a two-game series, but we won one out of the two. Cardinals got swept. That's when everyone's like, oh, no, the bad Red Sox are back. Season's over. That hurt. That hurt. That hurt. Low yeah, key. yeah it, it was tough losing because they were not pretty losses either. Um, was that when Kenley had his meltdowns? Yeah. Yeah. So Kenley got the 400 saves and was like, all right, I'm going to take a little mental vacation. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's his back flaring up, but he just kind of in back to back save opportunities. He just kind of blew it and just really struggled. He was walking guys, could not find the strike zone. Um, that was bad. That's very concerning because those are games that you should win when your closers in the game the game should be over, especially a, a closer like Kenley Jansen. That's why we got him in the first place. Um, but it's okay. Everybody struggles at times. He he got a save the other day. He's working his way back. Uh, he probably just partied too hard after getting 400 saves. It happens. It's okay. Maybe. So you, maybe. <laughs> you get swept by the... Also, the Cardinals were not a good team coming into that. They had really been uh, scuffling, and so it's it's a tough look to get swept by them. Um, yeah, but they're, they're the hottest team in baseball now, so either... 
you know, they figured things right. out right before they came here. We gave them the breaks they needed to get hot. And I think that's what we did. So it's either way, happy. either way, it's okay. Uh, cause we've won four out of six since then. So, yeah. So then you, you face the Mariners, you're back home and you lose the first game badly. I believe that one was a 10 to one game and you're like, Oh, that here we go. Clover? Was it? it I, honestly, I it if we was. lost 10 to one, it was either him or Pavetta probably. So Pavetta got game two. <laughs> I know yeah. that because I was mad because it was a must win game and Nick Pavetta was on the mound. That's right. That's right. Um, but they won that game, that second game, because they took two out of three from the Mariners and the offense exploded in the last game of the series. Uh, I believe it was, what, 12, 12 to three. Uh, and they won nine to four in game two as well. So offense kind of came back to life, which is really good to see. And you got off the, the short losing skid, so that's good. You roll into San Diego. You get the day off. You're on the West Coast now. You're in San Diego. And you win the first game, six to one. You win the second game. Four to two. You lose the last game. You get shut out seven to nothing. But that's okay. That's okay. It, it was a, it was a Sunday afternoon in San Diego. They were probably just sitting out in the sun, just soaking it up, getting their tan. Although I don't think it was even nice. I think it was like sixty three degrees and like cloudy. Um, whatever. You still take two out of three from the Padres on the road. I'll take two out of three in any series all season long. Because if you take if you win two out of three in every series, that's like a six sixty winning percentage. So I'll take two out of three all day long and twice on Sundays. Um, yeah, I mean, I despite the the four game losing streak, I like what I've been seeing in this team. We have a a new star, if you want to go that far to call him that, and Pablo Reyes. Out of nowhere, we got this guy from for free uh, on waivers from was it the Pirates? The A's. The A's. There you go. Um, and he's I have coming. A fun fact about him. Yep. He got suspended for steroids in the minor leagues. So did Michael Chavis. Nice. Oh, I forgot nice. Chavis got, <laughs> got popped too. Damn. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. Um, yeah, but but he he's really shown off his glove at shortstop. Uh, well, although, we'll get to it in a second, but they've still been playing Kiki at shortstop. Whatever, we'll get to that. Um, but in his time in the middle infield, Pablo Reyes has been showing off his glove. He's been a defensive wizard. Uh having some highlight plays already and he's been decent at the plate in 25 at bats he has eight hits three of those are doubles he has four rbis and that's good for a 320 batting average um in his short time with the red Sox. that's awesome to see because as everyone knows the middle infield has been the biggest issue um in this red Sox lineup because of the trevor story's been out and without him duvall out you've tried to put kike there it's it's been a whole mess um but especially defensively. Like we talked about it last episode, Kike just firing balls into the tarp and, and just being a mess there at shortstop. So it's good to no, see no, no. a guy. No, no, he made a play. He made a play. He's, he he made, made a play. He's made some plays. Like, he's, last two days it's ago. either he's he's on the, the Sports Center top 10 making a crazy play or he's chucking one into someone's someone's soft drink in the fifth row. Like it's it's there's no in between. <laughs> um but yeah, no, and Pablo Reyes has provided a lot of stability defensively in the middle infield. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, <laughs> Kiki Hernandez is still playing shortstop despite the fact that we have a very good defensive shortstop because they're putting a lot of the lineups when Valdez isn't playing second base, they're putting Kike at shortstop and Reyes at second base. Just flip them. It makes no sense because Kike has been fine at second pretty much. 
yeah, uh, AC is just so loyal to Kike, and it, it it gets annoying at times, especially when it's maybe detrimental to the team. Um, yeah, I don't get the point. I don't know. I just there's no good reason for it. Like it, it would make sense to me if, say, Kike was supposed to be your shortstop, like in the future moving forward. But is he? Like, when Trevor Story comes back, at this point, it seems like he might end up being the shortstop because Valdez is hitting, and you have different guys you can cycle in and out a second. Mondesi yeah. is a shortstop. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's not like they're preparing him to be the shortstop of the future. Like, it's Kike Hernandez. He is not that. <laughs> he's shown he's not that. He led the league in areas. I don't know if he still does, but... Um, he probably does. Probably. He's had some of the worst plays I've ever seen in the shortstop position. Like, I don't get the lo- – I, I understand Cora loves his guys. He wants to show that he supports them and, and give his friends what they want. But I don't think K- – Kiki at shortstop is not the best for our team when you have Pablo Reyes, who has a great glove at shortstop. Whoa. Adalberto Mondesi is a really good defensive shortstop. I did not know that. Well, Too I bad. mean, that's that's why we got him. <laughs> he's he's never gonna play. That's my prediction. I don't think he ever plays a game for the Boston Red Sox. I could believe that because it doesn't feel like he's going to at this point. I don't think I don't think ninety percent of fans even know he's on this team. Yeah. I don't even know if the team knows he's on this team. Um is Trevor Story coming back this year? Yeah. Yeah, he uh guaranteed. I'm sure he's in Fort Myers right now. Uh, he's hitting and throwing, and yeah, things are looking up. Adam Duvall just resumed baseball activities as well, so fellas are on the come up. Yeah, no, I, you're going to have, um, like, the guys are going to be around for a summer barbecue. They're going to be here just in time. Yeah, and Royals close to coming back as well. Yeah, no, they're coming, and uh, that's huge. Because we've talked about it talk, last episode. We talked about how this team is winning games right now and they're over 500 without some of those guys. Like, those are like trade deadline acquisitions. You're getting Trevor Story, who is, depending on where we put him, he's a gold glove defender at second base. He can be at shortstop, depending on his arm. And when he's hot, he hits homers in bunches. So, and he's fast, also good. That's huge. Adam Duvall, he was your best player in the beginning of the season. And he he can provide he a lot for you. A lot lead, of pop. He was leading MLB in war when he got hurt. Exactly. His OPS plus was like 400 or 300. It was insane. Yeah. Um, so those are huge additions for you. And Arroyo is, yeah, he's good too. He's better than, I don't know. Is he? I don't Both. actually know. I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I, I think there's a legitimate argument. When Arroyo comes back, what do you do with Kike? Because the way that things have shaken out this season, I would rather have Arroyo and Valdez platoon at second base than Kike and Valdez. What are you gonna do with Kike? I don't know. I I don't know. Do you do you throw him on the IL because he's had that hamstring injury all year? Do you use that as an excuse to get him off his feet? Maybe clear his head for a couple weeks. Because Maybe. he is I, he's been doing slightly better recently, but I don't think anyone would say Kike Hernandez has been very good this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Kike he, as a person. Um, it's just 
I I don't think that the role that the Red Sox gave him was ever the correct role. Like he yeah. he comes here from the Dodgers where he was a platoon guy. He was a guy who could play all over the field, come off the bench, and when you have a guy out, he can fill in at short, second, third, center field, right field. Like he could be around the diamond in different spots as a utility guy. And he comes here and they're like, "Okay, you're going to be our everyday second center fielder." And to his credit, he did really well. He was the leadoff guy for a little bit, and he was really good defensively in center. His bat was never really anything well, great. Like he had hot streaks. He was a productive leadoff hitter for a while, but then he kind of fell off. Um, and then he comes in this season. The injuries are like, okay, you're going to be our everyday shortstop. And we've talked about how that's just not the right role for Kiki, I don't think. I know he said that he he prefers to play middle infield. Those are his favorite positions. But Kike, I just don't think quite has the bat to be an everyday like he can be an everyday player just i don't think everyday at the same position like he feels i feel like he should still be a guy who moves around more than he does yeah well you look back to 2021 when he played the full season in center field he had a 108 ops plus with 20 home runs and 35 doubles you know like this this guy can hit and he can be an above the average bat in the major leagues but I think it starts defensively and players say it before, like when you, when you feel good out in the field, it translates to the plate and vice versa. And right now, Kike leading the league in errors. Uh, His savant page is ice cold. He's like, for reference, he's second percentile and expected weighted on base average and expected slug seventh percentile expected batting average um 33rd percentile walk percentage it's just it's not pretty stuff and it's definitely hanging over him for sure and it's translating out into the field and i i think when when he's playing second base or when he's playing center field it just i i as a fan feel more comfortable with him at at the plate because you know, you, you play good on one side of the ball, it'll translate to the other, and it's, that's just not happening for him right now. No, I agree. I mean, any it's true for any player. When you're not playing well in the field, it's hard to kind of get that out of your head and, and rake at the plate. Um, and, and Kike already had a lot of pressure on him coming into the season. You lose Xander Bogarts, and then the next guy up is Kike Hernandez. So, like, okay, you're going to be our everyday shortstop. Uh, that's a ton of pressure to re to replace in a way one of the greatest shortstops in Red Sox history. That's a lot of pressure in many ways. Add that to the pressure of suddenly he's like the he's the captain of the team. Between him and Justin Turner, they've kind of taken on the, this captain uh, mentality, and it just adds to the pressure. It's a lot for a player like Kike to handle. I think he's done well handling. I think he's a great clubhouse presence and he's been a great captain. He's recruited players. He's led and he's really done well in that role. I just think that when you're leading the league in errors and struggling defensively, it all kind of comes crashing down in a way and makes it harder to just focus on just relaxing at the plate, hitting the ball and producing. Yeah. Well, I have stats here right now broken down by uh, his, his stats by position this year. Um, obviously he's played almost, I would say almost two thirds of his games at shortstop or, um, or three quarters of his games at shortstop. But in the, those other quarter of games at second base and center field, he's hitting 310. 
Um, it's 42 at bats, but he's hitting, he has more doubles as a second baseman, more doubles as a center fielder than he has doubles as a shortstop. He has six wow. doubles playing outside a shortstop, two doubles as a shortstop. Um, the OPS 840 at second base, 747 in center field, and 593 at shortstop. So that's it's a real thing. It's that's significant. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's easy to have a higher batting average when in one spot or the other based on sample size. But the fact that he has six doubles versus two in second base and center field versus and a quarter of the plate appearances. Exactly, that's very telling, and the OPS is very telling. I, I think those stats just show that. It doesn't make sense for him to still be playing shortstop. When you got Pablo Reyes, like, yeah, I know Emmanuel Valdez needs his playing time because he's been raking too, and he's a second baseman. He can't really play short. So, yeah, you're going to have to have Kike at short um, when Valdez is in, unless unless you give Reyes a start over Kike sometimes um, and Platuno more. I don't know. But I just – those stats really kind of tell the story for me. It's hard to look past those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um and I mean too, like you can't put him back in center field right now because Jaron Duran is still is still hitting. Um I know we've talked about it a little bit, but that just kind of made me think just then when Story and Duval do come back, it's really gonna create a roster crunch. Cause you can't stop giving Duran at bats. You can't stop giving Valdez, I feel like deserves to be in the major league level at this point. I just I don't know who's going to end up not making the cut or who's going to end up riding the bench when those guys come back. I know you don't have to deal with that right now. Cross the bridge when you get there because injuries could happen before then. It's just something to think about, about how that's going to shake out. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this recently. I think Adam Duvall is going to – I think he might platoon. Not fully platoon, but I think he's going to see a lesser workload. And I also think we're going to see him in the corner outfield as opposed to center field. Because if you remember uh, when we were talking about him playing center field for this team, we knew that as a center fielder, his his batting stats weren't as good as mm -hmm. opposed to right field or, or left field. So I think that could be something, especially when it moves to later in the season, maybe you can mix and match depending on the matchups. Give Doogie a day at DH or move, put Doogie in left field, Duvall in right. That's a pretty good defensive outfield. Um, there's a lot that you can do, yeah. and I think it's really good flexibility for them to have. And then if they want to find a way to alleviate salary or get a little creative, like it might open up a lane for a guy to get traded. Not saying they should do it, but... It's something knowing the Red Sox, loaded. they would though. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because if you think about it, like Adam Duvall, he's 30, he'll be 35 at the end of the season. Do you do we think he'll be back here next year? He's a really good guy, really good clubhouse guy. So you probably shouldn't trade him because of that. But it's it's something that I think mu multiple people on this team could be open to being traded. Like a guy like Arroyo could be traded just because. There isn't a spot for him. And yeah. if Valdez continues, there are going to be some interesting decisions they have to make before the season ends. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about the idea of trading Kike. Yeah. I don't I don't think you should do that because that just kills your clubhouse. And I know. knowing yeah, yeah, last yeah. year, it's an important thing to have a good clubhouse. 
And what they're building right now is fantastic because the veteran leadership on this team is unbelievable. Guys like Justin Turner and Kike and and Duvall, they've been nothing but great. And you talk Duran has talked about it after games and in post-game interviews. He's talking about how Justin Turner and Kike have been so kind to him and really made him feel welcome at the major league level. And that has a clear impact out on the field. Duran is he's loosened up and he's finally becoming the player we thought he should have been. Yeah, that was my reaction when I first saw it too. It was like you can't trade Kike because he's like the team captain right now, and that's just not good for the clubhouse. And chemistry is huge in baseball. Everyone has kind of I like the group we have right now. I really yeah, do. Me too. I, I really do like this team and I really like the dynamic that they got going on. Um and so that, I guess that's kind of what brought up the question of what do we do when these guys come back? Because I just, I'm worried about shaking it up too much and kind of losing some of the chemistry. But as long as you kind of keep the main core and all that, it should be fine. Um, something else I want to talk about that we haven't touched on yet is a starting rotation, because that is a area where we've already seen guys come back from injury and different guys not make the cut and so on. There have been some shakeups in the rotation and there have been some guys really, dominating on the mound that we need to talk about i want to start with christopher allen sale back, can we say it? is he back can we say it? i think he's back garrett he's back for real man he's back for real that guy's- there you go there you go he i it's yeah i mean his, his last Exciting. three outings his last three outings seven innings three hits two runs eight k's eight innings Three hits, one run, nine Ks. Six innings, seven hits, three runs, ten Ks. And before that was the um, the one where he went six and a third for the first time since 2019 with one, only one run allowed. So his past four games have been outstanding, and he's been striking guys out. And something that's interesting, too, is his fastball velocity is up there. He was touching 98. Did he hit 99? I believe he did. He did. Yeah. That's huge. Yep. I did not expect that. And he's going deep into games, and yes. Cora's letting him go. Like, his last start, when he came out for the set, I thought he was done when he got that last Everyone outing. did. I thought it was a gem. I was, you know, I was I was perfectly fine with him being done. And he comes back out, and it's Cronenworth that leads off the inning. So I thought maybe they're just leaving him out yeah. there to get the lefty. He gets him. And nothing. He he gets to finish that inning. Keeps rolling. Pitches. It was awesome, and it's. I love that AC is believing in him. And if you told me that Chris Sale would be throwing 110 pitches in in the third week of May, yeah, I would be over the moon. And it's just it's awesome. It it shows he's healthy. He's feeling it. He's confident again. It's just so awesome to see. Yeah, and I mean, their quality starts. Like you said, he's going deep into games. Seven innings, eight innings, six innings, and, and getting wins and striking guys out and not allowing runs. It's beautiful. It's not something I thought we'd see. I literally, I had Chris Sale on the clown list. We kind of talked about how we should go to the bullpen. I was huge on that. I thought that, I'm pretty sure I said the words, Chris Sale's career as a starter is over. I'm pretty sure I said that. And I want to be the first one to say I was totally wrong. Hand up. I was wrong. Chris Sale took my words, shoved them down my throat, and said, nah, not today, and has been dominant. And it is, there's nothing better for this Red Sox team. Like, that is, best case scenario, exactly what we needed. Garrett, thoughts on your guy? 
it makes me so excited just to i saw a uh, chris sale is an a shirt i was walking around it's a, it's a wonderful time the excitement's there i um i'm so happy he's healthy and it makes it so it's it's exciting to see him out there and have a little bit of confidence in a guy we haven't had that in a while that uh that day one starter thing at the beginning of the season where we uh, couldn't figure out if our ace was going to go be our opening day pitcher it was quite annoying and now to have this and his velocity is up because i remember that was a significant issue with him toward the yeah. end of his injury um experience back there um it's really fun i love it yeah it's awesome it's awesome and speaking of speaking of healthy guys who are throwing absolute gas james paxton <laughs> james paxton is a real guy he is a real Out player who plays for the boston red sox he so yeah i mean we know the story. We we signed him last season. He has Tommy John. He he's out the whole season. He doesn't come back at all. And then this off season, he had a player option in his contract, and he opts in for a lot less than he probably could have got on the open market. He basically re-signed himself. Red Sox probably didn't even want him, but he re-signed himself. Was like, no, I'm I'm playing for the Sox. I'm coming back this year. And we don't see him in spring training. We don't see him beginning the season. He starts rehabbing. We hear about all these starts down in AAA. Some are okay. Some are good. We don't know. They're trying him out of the bullpen, maybe. And he comes up here. First start, five innings, four hits, two runs, nine strikeouts. He's up 97, 98 from the left side. Dominant. And then, like, okay, awesome start from James Paxton. That's so cool. Like, great. And then he comes out. Next start, six innings, five hits, one run, five Ks. And again, Cora pushes him to go an extra inning. Awesome to see. This is a guy that no one really even considered coming into this season. Like they knew that he was a name. They knew, okay, we have no clue what we're going to get from him. Maybe he'll be a productive four or five starter. Maybe he could eat some innings. But he has been really good so far. And again, we're talking about a rotation who has had some question marks. You didn't know what you're going to get from Chris Sale coming in. Uh, Nick Pavetta has been bad. Corey Kluber has been abysmal. So having another productive starter and beyond productive, like he, again, has been really, really good to start. That's so valuable for this Red Sox rotation. Absolutely. I mean, right now we got two frontline starters that we didn't even know if they would pitch. Yeah, we could have easily, we, we could have easily been, doing this exact same podcast with the scenario of, oh, Chris Sale's hurt. Oh, he's not uh, a factor on this team. James Paxton still doesn't come back, or he came back and was just giving up eight runs every start. It could have just as easily been this scenario as that scenario. And I'm glad we're living in this one. I'm glad this is the one we're talking about for sure. But they were huge question marks coming into the season. And even coming into James Paxton, like, debuting, we had no clue what that debut was going to be like. So the the fact that we're able to sit back and look at their stats right now and look at their past few outings and feel good about them and and have them be winning us games, it's huge. Yeah, it completely changes the outlook of this rotation. You now have an abundance of starters and you can afford for a guy like Nick Pavetta to get out of the rotation because he's, his performance is not cutting it. And when Whitlock comes back this week, what do you do with a guy like Corey Kluber? It, it's it's a great thing. And Cutter Crawford is healthy now. Maybe Helk moves to the pen and Cutter takes his spot. Like All of a sudden, this rotation is shaking up to be 
a very good one and a good. very deep one. And we said it all season. Once the rotation gets healthy, the bullpen gets even better because those guys who don't cut it in the rotation can go out to the bullpen and turn up their stuff because they're not they don't have to throw as many pitches. Yeah. I, and and Bayo, Bayo's coming around now too. He's stringing together some starts. Uh he, he's comfortable again. He did he did this kind of thing last year where his first couple starts were shaky and then he settled in. So Right now, I, I feel I feel great about this rotation. And I think the biggest question now is, is do you like what do you do with Corey Kluber? And do you want Cutter Crawford or Tanner Houck in the rotation? Those are the two questions left. And both both are good to have because it's like, do you give Corey Kluber once one more start before you get rid of him? Which has already been promised, which I'm yeah. not very happy about. Hopefully, like he just strains like a shoulder, <laughs> so he can where go on the IL for like three months. Where did you see that, Joey? What do you mean it's already guaranteed? Cora um, said in the post game presser last night that Corey Kluber will make his next start in Arizona. Whoop de doo! It it's just <laughs> having Corey Kluber right now. He is absolutely cooked. Yeah. There's nothing left. Nothing I mean, left. Yesterday, he only made it. It took him 40 pitches to get through the first inning, and he only made it two and a third, walked three guys. The whole reason that Corey Kluber is on this team is because the Red Sox liked how he didn't walk guys. And all he's done this season is walk guys. He's I got a 3.89 walks per nine right now. Jason, in 31 starts last year, Corey Kluber had 21 walks. Mm -hmm. In nine starts this year, Corey Kluber has 18. That's so bad. <laughs> That's so awful. In a third, that says so, so much. basically in a third of the starts, he is the same number of walks as all of last year. How much more sample size do you need? That tells you so much right there. He's cooked. nine starts. He's he's he is he's just walking guys. He has no command. He's tossing 87 mile per hour fastballs. In 2023 Major League Baseball, that's not going to get it done. That's not going to do anything good for you. Unless you're like the the Rogers kid who's thrown it from his shoelaces, like you're not going to do much with 87. And yeah. again, 87 that you can't command either. 87 this is being left over the heart of the plate or not even around the plate because you're walking guys. Useless. He's 2-6 and six with a 6.26 ERA, a 154 whip. He's not productive for this Red Sox team. And like you said, Break down this rotation. Sale, one. Paxton, two. Bayo, three. Whitlock, four. Hauk slash Crawford, five. That's five guys. I did not say Corey Kluber's name. Get out of here, pal. Yeah, and when he's out, it, it is painful to watch him pitch because he pitches, he, like he has to. He pitches so scared because he knows he can't control the ball. And he's nibbling at corners and missing. That's why he's walking, guys. And anything over the plate. It's a, it's a BP fastball, and it, it's amazing. It, it's really sad to see how far he's fallen because I remember how dominant he used to be. Yeah, but this is. this guy yeah. is cooked. He's in the he's pitching from the retirement home right now. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's you, just time to go. There's no is. I don't understand. This guy's why getting he's ten million dollars, and I I did the math. If you guys want to be sad, um. <laughs> If you didn't pay Corey Kluber and you oh. paid Nick Valdi, 
you would be like 50 grand over the luxury tax, which means you just tell a minor league player to go take a hike. And you're, you, <laughs> you have, you have Nate Evaldi instead of Corey Kluber and you're under the luxury tax. I mean, 50 that, grand over the luxury tax. Overly negative, but 50 grand over the luxury tax to tell one of the players to like sell their, like their Honda pilot or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. How Nathan Avaldi has just been so insane this season, and we could have had imagine him back. imagine this rotation with Nate Avaldi right now. It would be unbelievable. Yeah. Even I know I know Joe, you're not huge on him, but Michael Walker would have been better than Corey Kluber. Yeah, uh, yeah, and oh, I sure. knew Walker was going to shove against yeah. us. I knew he would. Of course, <laughs> of course. It's it's tough. Um. Yeah, I mean, one of the guys we talked about there, I want to touch on a little more. Nick Pavetta no longer in the rotation. He has been pushed to the bullpen, which he <laughs> probably had a whole mental breakdown about because he has been very aggressive about the fact that he does not want to be in the bullpen. I know uh, a couple weeks ago he was asked post-game about it. Uh, how, how do you feel about pitching out of the bullpen? Do you think you're going to make your next start? And he got very mad very quickly, and he was like... Um, I came here to start games. That's what I've done my whole time here. That's what I've done my career. I start games. I'm a starter. I'll start my next start. Like, relax. You're not good. You, <laughs> you're not good enough to be saying that. He has been consistently just bleh. Like, he hasn't been abysmal, but he also hasn't been good. Like, he's just kind of been Nick Pavetta. And with this, these guys that you have as options in the rotation, there's no reason to keep Nick Pavetta around in the rotation because I think that Nick Pavetta can still have value out of the bullpen. I think that the energy that he brings and the the stuff that he can kind of provide in big spots plays to the bullpen better than it does to the rotation. And as long as he doesn't get all butt hurt and and they're like Nick Pavetta go like it's time come out for the 6th inning. He's like, "No, I'm a starter. I don't want to." As long as he doesn't have like a fit like that, then we should be okay cuz I think he can be productive out of the bullpen. Yeah, and he has success out of the bullpen when he pitched out of it in the postseason in twenty. Oh my God, he was in, he was really good in the postseason out of the bullpen. I I'm not asking him to be a like a multi inning reliever whose nails like Josh Winkowski. Shout out to to Wink, yeah. but um, you know this bullpen was taxed so early in the regular season that you need a guy out there who can go out and eat innings, and as long as Nick Pavetta is decent. If he can bridge the gap, if like like what just happened, he had to relieve Corey Kluber. It's a bad example because we got blown out. But let's say if he can bridge the gap for a starter just doesn't have it, or you pull Tanner Houck early uh because of his, you know, second, third time through the order woes, a guy like him is valuable because he can bridge the gap in the fifth and sixth and get it to your high leverage guys like Martin and Winkowski and Jansen. That's how you win games. Martin's another guy who's been really good, by the way. Since he came yeah. back from injury, he has been outstanding. So give him credit, too. But, yeah, you're right. He just I'm glad that the Red Sox did it, too. I'm glad it's not like Corey Kluber where they're still giving him starts. I'm glad they pulled the trigger and said, go out to the bullpen. Um, they they're going to pull the trigger on Kluber. They will. They have I know to. They, they have to. They will. No... It, and it, it's going to be a phantom IL. It will. They're going to say right. he's got, like I, a I nagging. Know. I don't know. I mean, the Diamondbacks DFA'd Baumgartner. They're not going to DFA him. Does it save you any money? No. No, it's the same, essentially. I mean, it, it, it could save you money if you DFA uh, him and another team wants him. Yeah. But um, I don't see that happening. 
I, I don't. But either way, I think you're right. There's just no logical way that Corey Kluber can stay in a lo- rotation long term. I, th- um, I think this next start is his last. I, I am with yeah, I, like an 80% degree of confidence that's going to be his last start. I could see him just wanting like another week of insurance. Like Whitlock's yeah. not fully back yet, and someone could get hurt and just keep him mm-hmm. around. There's no reason to rush it, and it's it's you might as well. I mean, especially because we're on this West Coast trip right now. Arizona's on this West Coast trip. At least wait till you get home. I mean, mm-hmm. yep, it, yeah. It just it makes sense. I could see it being if every last. and it's you know it's been working. I'm not a big fan of the six band rotation, but they went to it right before the West Coast trip so that everyone would have an extra day of rest and. For sale in Paxton, it's worked mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah. All right. Let me ask a question now. We've been talking about the rotation. We mentioned it. That fifth spot. Hauk or Crawford? Which one do y'all prefer? I like Cutter. Hmm. Yep. I I think I think as a starter, he, he he's more consistent. He might not be as good, but he's more consistent. Um, we saw it earlier this year coming out of the bullpen when he had that ridiculous, it was basically a start six innings against the angels. He was nasty. Um, and I think Tanner Houck, we saw it last year when he was a closer, he is nasty out of the pen and he can give you two, three innings and be nasty. His, his numbers first time through the order are ridiculous. It's like a batting average under a hundred. He just doesn't give up runs. That just screams reliever to me. Um, and I think if you pair him in the back of the pen with Jansen and Martin and Winkowski, that is so dangerous. So dangerous. I uh, I don't have a whole lot of faith in um, how starting many games. Just I feel like I agree with Joey. The, the way his game is tailored around that second time, the third time through the order problems, he's just going to fire out of the bullpen, hopefully get you – two, three innings, something like that, if you need help. Um, give me the more potential. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's not a knock on Tanner Houck. I think you're maximizing his value as a reliever. And I think Carter Crawford is a very good fifth starter because you know what you get out of him. And he's a, you know, he's just the definition of solid. He's going to be an ERA, you know, four between four and 450. He'll And he will eat innings for you. That's what you need. He's like Nick Pavetta, but actually better. And he's younger. He's got more potential. You know, the Cutter Crawford is a very low-key guy. He's and he's been big for this team. Well, I mean, the thing is you can't go wrong either way. I think no, if it's Hauk or if it's Crawford, you're good either way. Because I mean, this year out of the bullpen, let me pull up these numbers. Cutter Crawford is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because he's 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 getting to let loose a little more. Um, sorry. Let me let me stall for a second. Here we go. Five one ERA. Yeah. Oh ninety four whip. Yeah. You can't go wrong, but I think as a reliever, Tanner Houck is slightly better than Cutter Crawford, and as a starter, I think you're getting the same thing out of each of them. So I yeah I. I don't know. I I could again. I could go either direction. It's hard for me to say I want Hauk to the bullpen because he has been good. Um, he's been really good in the rotation. It's just more he's been good in the first two rounds through the batting lineup. 
And then yeah, and it's something with young pitchers, this is a common problem. So it it comes down to the decision, like, do the Sox want to let him figure it out? Because the only way he'll figure it out is with more experience and more starts. So when you look at it like that, whatever they do, I'm going to support them either way. I don't think you can really go wrong. But I think if you want to win right now, you put Hulk in the bullpen. But if you're really committed to him being a starter for the next two, three, four years, um, you got to let him figure it out in the rotation. Yeah, I, I've kind of gone back and forth during this whole conversation about which I prefer. I I think this is going to be a stupid answer, but I think that I almost like can't give an answer because I feel like it comes down to what the Red Sox internally believe. It's do the Red Sox believe that they can fix Tanner Houck's third time through the order thing. If they think that a little more time, a few more starts, and he can figure it out and find a way to be productive in the third time through, then keep Houck in the rotation. Let him keep his, the first time through and the second time through. He's great. He's a very good starter, very good pitcher those two times. So if he can figure out the third, then he'll be very good. Um, but if they kind of don't know what it is and, and they see him as like, okay, this is a guy who is just – gonna be like this he's gonna be good first two times through and he's gonna fall off in the third if that's the case put him in the bullpen because you know that he's gonna be good in the bullpen because you know that the first time that he faces a batter he's gonna be good and you've seen him in the bullpen before and he's been filthy when we had him as the closer for a little bit last year and in like the bullpen longer relief roles whatever he was very very good so you know that he can be productive in that way like long term long term this season once we get towards the end of the season, if we're pushing for a playoff spot, or even if we get into the playoffs, that's when I want Tanner Houck fully in the bullpen. That's the point where he should no longer be in the rotation at all. That's the most value he has, I think, is in the bullpen in that way. But right now, earlier in the season, May, June, if they think that he can get uh, better third time through, keep giving him starts. If not, Cutter Crawford is a great option to start games. He'll be good in either spot. He'll be good in the bullpen. He'll be good in the rotation. He won't be as good as Tanner Houck's peak, but he'll be more consistent, which is valuable in its own way. Yep. And I think you made a good point that it's early in the season still. Maybe it is a better idea to let him figure it out. And let's say this, let's pretend like right now is August or September. I think it's a no-brainer. You throw Houck into the bullpen because... Yeah, it's different. You, you You got to win those games. Yeah. That's absolutely right. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal, and they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. And you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G. That's U-T. Don't. You you got to go to Celt or Red Sox games <laughs> now because the Bruins and Celtics are toast. Yeah, um, but hey, it's we're summer. the only team in town now. It's it's Red Sox season. It's time to go to Fenway. Yeah, get out there. Yeah, go to a Woo Sox game. I want to go to a Woo Sox game. Woo Sox are fun. Oh yeah. Who's even on the Woo Sox? You got Bobby Dahlbeck hitting five hundred foot homers. How about that? Yeah, crazy. Hell yeah. Crazy glasses, Bobby going crazy down there. Um, who else is on that? Team? Who else is down on the farm right now? Yeah, let's check in. <laughs> yeah, 
You got Dahlbeck. You got uh, Gage. Oh, Ryan Fitzgerald. He's down there. Hair flowing in that summer breeze, knocking homers over that wall in, in uh, right field. There you the, go. Uh, Jorge Alfaro. You got Aquaman down there. Wow. Yeah, man. Go to a Woo Sox game. They sound like a blast. I'll go. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what's cool. crazy? This relates to the AL East. So after Tampa got off to the greatest start in Major League history, the Orioles are only two and a half games out of first place. This is the hardest division ever. It's unbelievable. Wild. It, Congrats to the Orioles. Yeah. The Orioles are, are, are disgusting. They're so good. Yeah, I support And they it. don't have any starting pitching. It's – I mean, yeah, they honestly, have, I don't they, know they, how they, they're good. They have the next Mariano Rivera, that Cano guy. I don't know where he came from, but you're right. Still hasn't allowed a base runner. Or, no, like, still hasn't allowed a run, I mean. Yeah, He's that's crazy. Like four base runners. That's crazy. He's disgusting. Yeah. Um, series preview. We got the Angels coming up tonight. Tonight. By the time you listen to this, could already play them, could be currently playing them, could it be could be playing them in a few minutes. I don't know. But we got a three-game series against the Angels. How tonight, the guy we've been talking about, makes a start tonight against um, Barria. Barria. Opener. He's opening. Who is this guy? Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. did not know that. Jaime. Jaime Barria. He's a reliever. Who's coming in after him, do you know? No idea. Because I made Might a bunch of bets, and now game. I don't know. I'm worried about them. Because I huh? thought they were facing a righty. I made a bunch of bets, and I thought they were facing a righty starter. He's a righty, yeah, but is, who's coming in next? I I don't know. I think it might just be a strict bullpen game. All right. Uh, I want to mention my bet. We'll get to that in a second. Then Brian Bayo in game two against Griffin Canning. And then TBD makes a big start against lefty uh, Tyler Anderson. So no Shohei pitching pitching against us in the series. That's good. Very we good. just have to pitch to him. We have to pitch to him. We have to pitch to Mike Trout and Mike Trout's junior, uh, Hunter Renfro. I always feel like Hunter Renfro is going to destroy us whenever we play. Hunter Renfro kind of good. He is. Oh, He's yeah. I, I feel good. like if if uh, if you wanted to do a little sprinkle on a Hunter Renfro home run in any of the games this series, it wouldn't be a bad bet. It would be pretty good. Um, I like him against lefties a lot, so it's tough that he's not facing one of our lefties. But our lefties are good, so I don't know. I wouldn't pick he him took, to get a home Yeah, but he took there. Brian Bayo to the moon. I was there. I saw yeah. it. I witnessed it. That was rough. Let me bring up this bet I got because it's kind of stupid. So we've talked about it. I'm not really good at betting. I've been I've been decent. I've been decent lately. I've been hitting some some decent ones, some good parlays, some five leg parlays. Because the only thing I can bet on is Red Sox. That's the only thing I know enough about to bet on. So I bet a little like a little Jaron Duran double, a little Corey Kluber more than two walks or whatever, and it gets me stuff. But today, today I got a bet. <laughs> uh, the where is it? The odds. It's a four pick parlay, same game parlay. Plus five thousand. Oh, it's um, Rafael Devers to hit a home run. Yeah. Tanner Houck to have more than five strikeouts. Masa mm. Yoshida to have two plus hits. And Masa to hit a homer as well. Oh wow! Okay. 
That's that's but, ballsy. It is, but Bold. here's what I'm like thinking. It, here's what I'm thinking. Devers is hot right now. He's he was hitting homers in San Diego. He's gonna face well again. I thought they were facing a righty. They still are. I don't know. I I think he's hot right now on the West Coast. Tanner Houck. I don't know. That's just kind of five strikeouts. We'll see. <laughs> um, Masa Yoshida. I just feel like he's gonna do well because he's hanging out with Shohei. He wants to show off for Shohei because <laughs> I don't know. They're friends. Uh, I'm sure that there's a little bit of admiration from uh, Masa to Shohei because Shohei is like a legend. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he hasn't hit a homer in a little bit too, so I want to toss it out there as well and just see what happens. But again, again, you gotta you gotta risk some to get some, and so it's it's the odds are not good. Like it's not likely to happen, but if it does, I'll be happy. Um, and I also got some other random stuff. I think Shohei. How much did you bet? Total or in that one? In that one. In that one, I bet five bucks to win two fifty-five. Uh, you should bet more money. We haven't even talked bucks. about Xander. I just realized that. Yeah, that guy sucks. Do you see what he did against us? Nothing. Over, no, yeah, I know. He uh, he feels bad for leaving, so he was like, you know what? I want. Oh my help god! Win. Did you see the um how Devers and Xander went out to dinner before the series, and Xander forgot his wallet? Yeah. Well, hey, he's making yeah. more money than him. Who's making more, Xander or Devers? Devers would be, yeah. This, this year, Xander's Wait. making more money, but total Raffy is. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, I don't know. It, when you're a Major League Baseball player making millions of dollars, I don't think it even matters. Like, what? No. Do you see that Xander, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he, Xander like said that he basically has no friends in San Diego? <laughs> I didn't see that. And that his he, he said that he still talks to like a bunch of guys on the Sox every day. I mean, obviously, he talks to Rafi every day, but like his brother and his mom have been flying out like constantly because he's lonely out there. That's so I sad. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, that's it, terrible. It, 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 from like what he said, it really seems that like he obviously we know he didn't want to leave, but it was it was like he had to take that contract, and obviously yeah. because it's it's a terrible contract for the Padres, but it was. I kind of feel bad for the guy. He's he had to do it, and it was the other side of the country, away from his friends. I bet he wishes he went to the Dodgers. He could have been hanging out with Mookie and JD. Yeah, it was so weird. Like seeing Xander on the Padres, it just it didn't feel like him. You yeah, we were talking I mean? about that. It just there was something about it that just felt off. Like it just didn't feel like Xander. Yeah, and I I saw a bunch. Everyone on Red Sox Twitter was saying like it'll really hit when he comes to Fenway next year, which is definitely yeah, true. true. But still, it's it was just one thing for me was me, it was like a pop fly to Xander and Dave O'Brien did the and Bogarts is there to make the out. That sounded weird because it was just so normal, but it wasn't for yeah. us. Yeah, and it was. I was watching the Padres broadcast. Obviously, it was, yeah. it was just weird to hear. Like when Rafi hit the two home runs, Don sounded like sad. Did He's you? Like, <laughs> I didn't realize this. I saw it on Twitter. Did you realize that Xander or uh, Rafael Devers and Don Arcillo never crossed paths? Like he never. They were yeah, never no, there at the they same never time. Did. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that shows how uh, long ago that uh, Arcillo left. Was it twenty fifteen or sixteen? Don's last year in Boston was eight years ago. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. David Ortiz was playing. 
Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't register that David Ortiz retired seven years ago. That doesn't register with me. It kind of so, I don't know. I it, yeah. it's maybe it's starting to, but still, it's just yeah. The whole Mookie situation though really numbed the pain. I I feel like right now, especially because the Sox aren't doing bad and the Padres are in a big funk. It it's kind we caught Xander at a good time. I feel like because the Padres are a mess. Yeah, the have a better offense than them, and we're doing pretty it was, good. It's, I yeah, it, it was it funny. Definitely, it it lessened the pain of seeing of playing against Xander. I'm sure next year it's it's really gonna suck. But it was the whole funny because like you said, sorry. has taught me how to get over things. That's true. There's a lot of you, you had to go through trauma there, and we learned how to get through it. So. Um, it's funny. You mentioned how the Padres were really struggling when we, when we faced off with them, uh, Dave O'Brien <laughs> in the final game. So when the Padres won, they were like getting close to winning and Dave O'Brien was like, uh, and Padres fans are desperate for this one. Cause they haven't won anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Dave O'Brien shout out to him. He's been good this year. Career year for Dave O'Brien. It really is. He's been getting excited. He's been he's been saying some wild stuff. I don't know where it's coming from, but I love to see it. Yeah, he's you know he he's doing a good job up there. He's it's really nice to see like on Devers' second home run. He he was excited. He was. He that. was. We need it's that. It's great to see. All right. Uh, anything else we want to touch on? Wow, we we really haven't done a pod in a while. A lot <laughs> I happened. I know. It, it's nice though because we missed the part where like the sky was falling. I'm glad that we didn't have to record then. Yeah, exactly. That was on purpose. Let's go with that. Yep, yep. We, yep. Actually, that's our last <laughs> episode. We have one where we said we recorded. Self- yeah, we but, did a whole breakdown of the losing streak, and we're like cancel the season, but we just lost. It just never uploaded. So you know, it's great. Though, like how different this team is from last year if if the Sox last year blew back-to-back games in the ninth inning they would go on to lose 10 in a row yeah that team last year was the most miserable group of people i've ever seen yeah (laughs) wow i mean yeah true well That'll do it for this week on the Indigo Podcast. We will be back next week, probably consistently, actually, again. Um, and until then, let's let's just win some games and have some fun out there. <laughs>